Okay, Tzaraim Tov, everybody. We continue in the Sefer Das Hasfiros. We're on page Yudches, and we promised you three practical examples of the five levels of soul. And uh, let's give um, a practical uh, example. A person, uh, after a hard day of work, comes to his house. His house is not in order. Okay, that was the homework we gave. I don't know if anybody had a chance to remember that. And he feels that this is disturbing him. Okay? And we said there's five different ways and layers of looking of how we could understand the reaction of what having a messy house does to disturb him. And the more that a person can recognize from which part of his psyche the disruption is coming, then he has a better self-awareness of what he's feeling. So did anybody think about that? Okay, well, let's just throw it out. There's no right or wrong answer here. The only thing we're trying to determine is where is the answer coming from? And you don't have to feel, oh, I thought I would have a PhD type of answer that shows I'm a really deep thinking person. Okay. So, you know what, I'll make it easy on you guys. I'll tell you how I feel when I come into a a messy house. So, my first... Well, week, I can start. What? You want to start slow-mo? Uh, you, you, you want me to start? I, I become restless over there. You become, you become <laughs> restless. What do you mean by restless? What do you mean by restless? I, I don't... I don't see it in the proper places. And, uh, you know, I start, uh, like, getting annoyed myself. You start getting what? Annoyed. Annoyed, Annoyed. with yourself? Yeah. Why with yourself? Why not, for example, with your wife? I'm just throwing that out. Just throwing that idea out. No, because it uh, means that I have not communicated clearly. I mean, uh, there is no you have not better understanding between us. Meaning to say you haven't told your wife how important it is to have a clean house? Is that what you're saying? Or do, you, or do you mean something else? Maybe she did not get it right. Maybe she did not get it right. I mean, how important it is. So, 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 so what was the word you said? You come in, the house is a mess, and you're feeling what? Annoyed. Annoyed. So now you're, so really, okay, you're annoyed at your wife. Is that what you're saying? That's okay. It's nothing wrong Correct. with saying that. Correct. You're annoyed with your wife. Well, when I was your age, uh, Shlomo, maybe a bit younger, I was annoyed with my wife also. <laughs> For some reason, I thought it's her responsibility since it's, after all, her clothes that are all over the floor. Okay, that might... So, annoyance. Okay, anybody else want to share? Yeah, honestly now, don't you know, give the answer. It'll make you look like a sonic. I start, I start cleaning. <laughs> you start... But what's your feeling? You didn't leave it neat enough. Okay, yeah. I feel like feeling of failure. Like it's just like a reminder of many unfinished things or of chaos in your life. Okay, so you feel like you're a failure. All right, anybody else want to share anything? Sid, your house is never a mess. You wouldn't know. Your, your house is never a mess. Well, <laughs> but when I go to Ottawa, that's a different story. My car doesn't your your part... Okay, you know. <laughs> okay, that's fine. 
I mean, I'm still living with this, especially when I have my, my, my married daughter and their family and four grandchildren in the house. Chaos. Especially when, when we have more children come from out of town and they sleep in the house. By the time it's it's middle of Shabbos, the place is just totally a mess. <laughs> and it used to bother me a lot. Now I just ignore it. Okay, so let's share what the author has to say. And this is where it becomes important. Exactly where is it come? Remember, there's five levels of soul. So we're trying to figure out which level of soul is this feeling coming So he starts with the first one. The first level is it disturbs the person because it's hard for him to, uh, to deal with doing, getting things done when things are not in order. In other words, when things are not in order, you can trip and fall and hurt yourself. Things are not in order. I can't find, I left something. The phone is ringing. You can't find the phone. You know why? Because a hat is on top of the phone. I left my phone somewhere, but I don't see it anymore. So that is, I'm just not able to get on to function in the room. So that is obviously one aspect of looking at it. And that is certainly coming from the aspect of the nefesh, the lowest level, the level of action. You know, it's not a comfortable situation. I can't physically deal with the situation. You could say it. it, it, it my eyes feel like I can't focus, right? But it's all a physical thing. So now what's the solution? Now, the well, lower level, the problem, the easier the solution. So the, so that's what you said, Arthur. You said the solution is very simple. Clean it up. So, Arthur, that's very correct. And, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, pick deeper nerves in you. And it doesn't have to. But it could with other people. Okay, as we've heard. Yeah, Shlomo, what do you have to add here? So, to... so the first response comes first response comes from nefesh then is it well, like that not necessarily it's a response you're choosing to use you don't you don't have to but you should be aware so when uh, when arthur gives me that response all i know is i know i just clean it up he isn't thinking very deeply about this there's other things in life he'll think more deeply about here there's nothing he's not blaming anybody he's not upset with anybody he just knows one thing there's a mess. I want to physically deal with it. I will clean it up. That's the end of the story. For him, the problem is a small problem that needs a small answer. And that's fine. And that's all your conscious reality is giving it. Nothing wrong with that. We're not judging realities here. We're trying to be in tune with our, with our feelings. So you are feeling, it's a nefesh feeling. I want to be able to physically get on with my life, and there's a very simple solution. Clean it up. Okay. That is number one. Okay. Second, he says, sometimes the dis disruption is because of your midos, your character. So he gives one example, but you've given me more examples. He could say, I don't understand. How come when I go to the Schwartz's house any time of the day, it's clean. 
I just came from the Schwartz's house. On the way from work, I had to drop something off in the Schwartz's house. And I knock on the door, and Mrs. Schwartz opens the door. She says, come on in. And I come in, and it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and she has six kids, and the house is immaculate. You give her the thing you gave her, now you're going to your house, 3 o'clock, wife, six kids, everything. It's a disaster area. And on top of that, your wife has a cleaning lady in the house. <laughs> so now, what's disturbing him? That is coming from the Ruach. He's not saying, well, there's a problem, let's just clean it up. This is hitting a higher level of awareness. Emotion. That's emotion. It's Midos. So now what's the solution there? The solution is not to clean it up. Hang now, that, that <laughs> might ultimately happen. That may ultimately happen to be there. But obviously... What's the real problem? It could, it could be a lot, but let's just say jealousy. That's, that's the one of them. It's not the only one. You're jealous. How come the Schwartzes get their act together and I can't? So it's that jealousy that gets you, and therefore you have to say, now how do you deal with that? Well, what might be, now, see, if you are a two, this is where the point is, if you have, know you have five levels of soul, which level of soul is being disrupted? So when it's Arthur, it's very simple. His physical body is being disrupted. He can't be in a room that's a mess. He doesn't want to trip over the floor. And he wants it to get clean. So there's a simple solution. Clean it or ask somebody else to clean it. That's it. Problem solved. Because the problem wasn't so big by him. He has a good marriage. Now, if on the other hand he's saying, you know, my wife, she's such a lazy woman. How come my mom can do it? You know, you know, Mrs. Schwartz is no more or less talented than my wife. You know, I think Mrs. Schwartz loves her husband more than my wife loves her. It's all emotion, isn't it? So now, how are you going to deal with that? So you could you could yell at your wife, dear. I was just at the Schwartzes. You know their houses in there. How come your house can't? Oh. Now, but but that's too late. You know what? You know what? That's going to happen because you don't know where it's coming from. You didn't stop to think what is bothering me here, you, because it goes so fast. You're not even thinking. You're saying house a mess. Bing! My wife's a slob. See how fast that was? It was automatic. And I'm jealous of the other family. So now that already is is bring out something. So if you have enough time to let your brain catch up with your emotions, you're gonna say, okay, what is really the problem here? I really think Mrs. Schwartz is a better housewife than my wife. Well, wait a minute. Didn't my wife, wasn't she up all night with the kids when they had fever and flu? And I got to sleep the whole night because I had to go to work the next day and had to be at Dominic at six o'clock. And, you know, my wife may have many more virtues than Mrs. Schwartz has. And this may not be her best virtue. Kids are more healthy. So now the question is, what am I jealous of? <laughs> yes, Mrs. Schwartz's house is very clean. But um, the kids don't look so happy. My kids are happy. I have one of my children that will not mention names. 
I have all wonderful children, but one of my children doesn't care if there's a big mess in the house. It's not a big deal. The house can be a mess. The kids are happy. And that's all that matters to them because they have different values. Okay, I couldn't live in that house, but I don't have to. It's not my house. I don't have to live in it. But the kids are happy kids. And the husband and wife are very happy with it. So there's no problem. Okay, but if you're, but so now you understand. What's bothering me is my, my, my emotion, my character, uh, look, that jealousy. So now the solution is not to clean the house. That's not the solution because that's not the problem. The problem is you're jealous. You're envious. Right? Or, as we'll see, maybe you're just a person who gets angry because everything has to be the way I want it. So what's really upsetting you here? So Shlomo, if it's upsetting you that, I understand, I explained to my wife that I want the house clean and she didn't. So now what do you think? Oh, I guess Now, you might want to think, I guess my wife doesn't take what I say seriously. Disrespect. She disrespects me. So now I'm going to make sure she respects me. So if you're from another ethnic origin, you slap your wife a few times and she learns. If you're if you're a Jewish, why do you use passive aggressive behavior? <laughs> but that's not the solution is. Don't get angry. The solution is, you know what? Since Hashem knows that you're such a neat freak, he gave you a wife who's the exact opposite to you to work on your meetos. I'm, I'm angry. Well, Hashem's teaching you, don't get so angry. So I'm going to give you situations that are going to make you angry. And the worst thing you do is get angry. You could say, Hashem, I really like your sense of humor. You're really funny. Too bad I can't tell that joke to my wife, but I'll tell it to myself. That's the awareness that it touched the Ruach. Rabbi, I think there's people that we see it as a mess, but they see it's neat and organized. It's a... Uh... So to, the way we see it and the way somebody else sees it is completely different because they've seen it with lots of kids. You say, your desk is a mess. Look at this kid. It's so neat. And they look at it and it looks neat to me. The same with the house. It's uh, You have two kids. One, one will say the room is neat. The other one will say it's a mess. And it's uh, Okay. So the question is, the question is, so if a person walks in and the mess doesn't bother them, then there's no issue to begin with. But let's say you're in the house and there's a lot of people in the house and they don't think it's a mess. So now what is triggering you now? Are, are they so stupid that they can't see that it's a mess? They don't care about me. If the house is a mess, their brains are a mess. That's what they always would say. The sign of a, a neat house in, in, in the yeshiva, you know, you had to make your bed. When we were in the dorm, you had to, you had to be clean. You left... For davening, whatever, you came back, I read it. They, they go through the rooms and see it. They say, if your drawers aren't in order, your brain's not in order. That's what they said. And guess yeah. that was some truth to it, but I don't know if it's the only truth. All right. So that's the second one. So that's all the range of emotions. Third is, let's say you uh, work in the house, but let's see, well, that could be, but let's say a little better. You learn Torah in the house. You, uh, you study at night in the house. You have a chavrus. You come over. You learn at the dining room table. And the whole dining room is a mess. So what's bothering you? You know what? I can't learn when the house is a mess. I don't have the tranquility 
and it's disturbing my spiritual benefit. And he's honest about that. It's not that he, he's not jealous of the Schwartzes. He's not angry at his wife. He's just saying, I just can't learn. The mess itself is not the problem. I just can't learn in a place that's a mess. Or let's say you're dominating. Let's say you're, well, that could be another thing. Why some people feel I can't, I can't dominate in a shul that's a mess. Okay? So where's that coming? This is a real spiritual issue. This is not, you're not upset at anybody per se, but you say, I'm really feeling bad. I, I can't concentrate on my learning. That's coming from the nishama aspect. That's the spiritual aspect. Or you could flip it around and really can say from an intellectual point where you're going to feel people, they, he includes this, and people don't uh, value me. And they don't bother to clean the house for me. That's coming from wanting honor. Yeah. Honor also is a very spiritual thing. It's an amigos thing. Well, it's a little. It's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both, but it's the incorrect mita. There's neshama has positive aspects, and it could develop negative aspects. So therefore, um, it could be. It's not that they don't value you; they just don't have time or. Okay, I can't learn Torah, so what's the solution? Just clean it up. <laughs> Same solution, but it's a different thing that was bothering you. If you weren't learning now, it wouldn't bother you. So when does it bother what does it really bother you? Well, it bothers you when you, you just uh, you can't physically do anything. I, I'm gonna trip over things. Or it's bothering me that I can't now, I mentioned the on the Rambam class two nights ago. We talk about order. So they say the story about Rav, uh, Rav Yashiv, Zechon and also his son-in-law, Rav Chaim Kanievsky. When they would learn Torah in their house, and when they're learning, you know, they take out the Gemara, and then there's a question, they pull out a safe, they pull. In the middle of the learning, there's like 15 books open, because they have to keep referring back to them. They don't have a computer that's got everything on everything on the downloads. But before they went to sleep, every night, they put every book back. That's also because if they get up the next morning and they see the mess, how can I learn with a mess over here? Right? So there could be a spiritual element to this. Now, now we can get to a little bit higher. So we've dealt with nefesh, physical, ruach, emotional, mitos, and then the Shema, spiritual, either positive spiritual qualities or negative spiritual qualities. There's a big difference between arrogance, which is more of a mita, versus honor, which is more of a spiritual, because you should have good self-esteem. But when it turns into a covet trick, then it's a misuse of the Neshama, so to speak. Number four, what if it's bothering you on a much higher level? Because now... Um, let's say you, that you don't have this tranquility and you're getting angry and when you're angry when you're trying to serve Hashem uh, that's a major problem and now he's really missing the whole his whole point of life okay remember the Chaya is what you live for he's, I'm, I'm living to have tranquility in life so it's not necessarily the solution is just to fix up the house, but to decide why are you losing all this tranquility? Why are you feeling that I'm, uh, I, 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 
I feel like my whole purpose in life is not there. I'm just, what, what kind of life is this? This is more than just, there's a mess and let's clean the mess. He says, this is what life is about, that I live in a pigsty. It's bothering my, 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 what I'm living for. And then it's not just a question, why is it bothering you so much? Maybe you should be living for other things, right? And finally, a person can feel, you know, my goal in life, what I was built to do, not, not this idea of just um, feeling that this is, this is my, I'm feeling um, alive, right? But rather it's, uh, but this is my whole goal in life. My whole purpose why Shem created me was to teach Torah. You go into a classroom, it's a mess. How can we teach? How can I how can I reach my goal in life in such a messy place? So now that's hitting on a whole other area. It's touching your essence. Now again, there's these can overlap and it's not a hundred hard and fast, but you can begin to see where this is heading. So let's give another example when it comes to doing mitzvahs. Okay, and let's pick learning Torah. So I ask a question. I say, um, why do you want to learn Torah? Okay, you're learning Torah. Why do you want to learn Torah? So let's look at possible answers. One answer is, because that's what Jews do. I saw my father learning Torah, my grandfather learning Torah, and I learned Torah. And, uh, but why? Because tradition, that's what we do. Jews are the people of the book. And that's how I feel about Torah. What level? are you relating to in your soul? Simple nefesh. 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 What do I do? What did you do? What do I do? I learned Torah. I eat lox and cheese, bagels and lox and cheese, and I learned Torah. That's what, that, that's what I do. You could have a havdol, a secular Jew. What do you do? You, you play hockey. What? That's what we do. It's not much different, except one is a better pursuit than the other, but it's not coming from any deeper place. Sometimes a person's learning because I have to keep up with my other friends who are learning. No, we're in the Kolo community. Everybody learns Tafiomi. So for me to fit in, and I'm, I'm really jealous of these guys who can learn so much better than me. I got to learn so much that I can keep up with everybody. Or maybe you want honor. If I'm a little smarter, people give me more honor. So that's coming from the Ruach. Again, sometimes we can mix the Ruach with the Neshama, but that'd be another reason why you're learning Torah. What if you say, you know, I'm learning Torah. I want to cleave to Hashem. I want to be able to connect with Hashem, and I only can connect to Hashem when I know what Hashem feels. And when I learn Torah, I know what Hashem is thinking. Uh, what part of you are now is hitting the neshama. That's the spiritual part of the person. Okay. What if you really get a geschmack out of the learning? Wow, this is great. Then that's coming from the chaya. Because that's mamish rejuvenating. You mamish feel alive. A lot of times you're learning Gemara. It's not so much fun, but I know I'm doing the will of Hashem. And I get close to Hashem. Somehow I'm getting close to Hashem. And I want to get close to Hashem. It's not geschmack. It's hard. I'm like I said, wow, that was great. That was so much. I'm, I'm alive from that. And sometimes does it 
Because that's my destiny, is to learn Torah. My destiny is to teach Torah. And I have students and I teach Torah. That connects to the Yechida, my unique relationship with Hashem. Okay? And therefore, all of these can be happening on many levels. Okay? Uh, but uh, if you're just doing it to do it, it's just, that's like robotic performance. It's better than nothing, but just be aware of that's what, you know. Why did he go to shul? Why did you not? Why did you not have Well, I got not have now because choose to have Okay, nefesh. You don't have mincha because, what do you mean? What do people say if I don't? I'm the rabbi. I'm not going to be in shul. <laughs> what are you going to say? All right, that's my feelings. All right. Or a guy could say, well, you know, I really I really need help from God. I have a big business meeting. Well, what would that be? Interesting. What would you say that, that no. What if you say, I want to connect to Hashem? That's for sure. Neshama. I guess, you know, every time I daven, I, I feel so refreshed. It's like I just feel feel like I, I just got rejuvenated. That's Chayat. Recharged. Recharged. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you say, you know what? My whole purpose in life is to connect, to, to be able to feel that exuberance and that liveliness that I was created to be a, a praying machine. And that's Shahid. You see how this goes. So now we'll do one more. Shabbos. Okay. So what's the... Why do you like Shabbos? Well, you ask most people, why do you like Shabbos? I don't got to go to work. I get to sleep more, and it's good food. Would you say that's a... And I like the Zmiros. Very nice. Oh, that's wonderful. That's all nefesh. Again, don't think you're bad because you're doing that. You know, you get rewarded for keeping Shabbos like this too. But obviously, there's not a lot of depth we're always going to do things. The question is, how do I view what I'm doing? It, in all five scenarios, you don't have to do anything different physically. But the question is, what part of your soul is being touched and energized or motivating this? I'm sure great rabbis, they're not working on Shabbos. And the food is good, but that's not why they're keeping Shabbos. So let's go to the second level. He says, I understand. Or let's... Uh, uh, let's say that, uh, well, everybody else keeps Shabbos. It look awfully bad if I don't keep Shabbos. What do the neighbors think if I start thinking Machal Shabbos now? No, what's going to do for my Shabbos? And uh, I just, uh, I, or I feel jealous. Everybody's relaxing. I want to relax. So that could be in your meadows. What for says, I really understand what Shabbos is. Shabbos is a taste of the world to come. It's a taste of the world to come. And I'm, and I'm trying to taste the world to come. What is, it's, it's all about Olam Haba, and I really want to know what's this feeling of Olam Haba? Why when I'm doing this, is it Olam Haba? When, before I eat the fish, I say, Lekavit Shabbos Kodesh, because when Mashiach comes, we're going to all eat from the Leviathan. And I want to feel this uh, total connection to Hashem. Okay? And things can get higher and higher. And maybe that's, I live for Shabbos. That is like, I, I, I really feel alive on Shabbos. The rest of the week, I feel like I'm dead. I really feel, oh, I'm, 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 this, is, this is what it was all about. 
And then you can say, I just feel this is my, my, my lifetime goal. It's, it's, I was created to, to really enjoy Shabbos. Now the truth is you can, you can, you can, you can, if you decide what level you want to hit. We can't force you to do anything. The question is, what's your conscience? Now, obviously, obviously, in all these situations, obviously, what would be the best way? Well, the higher you go, the better it is. We're not always that um, reflective. But then you got, but you got to ask yourself, well, why am I feeling? So? But this can help a lot in terms of you know your relationships with people, your relationships with Hashem. If, if you're saying so, well, I'm upset that the that the, or how about what happens if he can't do a mitzvah? What if what if you uh, you can't be home for Shabbos? What do you, what, what do you feel bad about? <laughs> right? How do you treat other people on Shabbos? What if uh, uh, you know? <clears throat> there was an example of this. Someone once mentioned. I heard from a rabbi. Rabbi said when he was a bucher. So in a certain yeshiva, so cold guys would invite you out for Shabbos, Friday night dinner. So uh, he got invited out by a, not the Rosh Yeshiva, but a very hush um, of uh, important cold guy. Very brilliant cold. And he told somebody that he's going to go eat by this person. And the guy gave him a, a funny look. Anyway, so what happened is, so he goes to the cold guy and he's, he's an older guy, like in his 40s, 50s, like an older guy. And uh, there's a meal and they're singing and there's the very Torah. And I was coming to the end of the meal. This happened years ago. He says, and now, dear, can you please bring me my beer? Because that was like Mamish, that was his, that was his gishmak of Shabbos. He wouldn't drink a beer the whole week. But he liked beer, but okay. Shabbos, get the beer. And it, like there was a set, like it was like a cue. Okay, we finished Miro's and we had the meal. Now, uh, my beer. I was, and, and the bachar's there. And the uh, the wife turns white. Uh, uh, I, I, I forgot. Oh, I forgot. I was so busy with this. I forgot to get your beer. And the man starts pounding on the table. Where's my beer? <laughs> he starts yelling at her. And the blocker wants to melt oh. through the floor. <laughs> so what wait, what happened to this Miros? What happened to everything else? Well, I guess this guy's got an anger management problem. So why were you drinking that beer exactly? <laughs> was it to taste the world to come? Was that what it was all about? So, you know, you could try to fool yourself. You could say, oh, all this is for Hashem. Yeah? So what happens if somebody, you know, you, you, let's say you have to give out, let's say your 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 wife prepares the meal, but she didn't prepare enough food. Just sometimes, you know, you're off a little bit. And now you're passing the plate around with the, you know, skirt steak. And you're passing it around to the guests, but times you get to you, there's none left. <laughs> How do you feel? Okay, listen, it's the world to come. Who cares? Or, no, where's that skirt steak? How come you invited all these guests? So you have to be aware of how you're feeling. And that's really what the benefit is to understanding all about the levels of soul. 
That's just the first example and why it's worthwhile to learn this. And this is just a general drop in the bucket. You have to get to the spheros and divide them up and, and in that ruach, what that is. So this is, as we said, one of the great benefits is being conscious of what your uh, feelings are at the, and, and to be self-awareness. And now you have a way of saying, let me ask myself, why am I feeling like this in this situation? Why am I feeling this when I'm doing this? What do I feel about Pesach? All these things, and I can say, okay, this is the area of the problem. Sometimes <coughs> the problem is not so big. Very simple. Sometimes it's really thing. There's a major problem here, and you have major work to do, and that becomes your avodah session. Okay, we're gonna stop it here. Are you-